I invite you to pray with me this morning. Holy God, you have a word for us today, a word of comfort and a word of challenge, a word of hope and a word of guidance for our lives. Make our hearts soft and plant your word in us that it may bear fruit through our lives. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, uh, today we celebrate the baptism of Jesus. And the timeline makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, Jesus was born on December 25th, and a few weeks later, the baby Jesus gets baptized, right? Oh, what's that? Jesus was an adult baptism? Ah, I missed it already. No, the timeline is a little strange in the life of Jesus. In our church here, it jumps around a bit, right? Uh, So we've got the baby that we celebrate on December, and then we often think of the Magi, excuse me, coming uh, that same night or very soon after, when in reality, the Epiphany happens almost two years later. And for us, it's just a couple of weeks, right? And then a week after that, about 28 years of Jesus' life go by, and we get to this baptism story, and we just rush through this in a couple weeks. And they say they grow up so fast, (laughs) right? But today, here we are. And when we think about the baptism of Jesus, I'll ask again, have you ever wondered about this question? If baptism is for the forgiveness of sins, as John says, or if baptism is to raise us up to new life, as Paul later writes about, then why is it that Jesus needs to be baptized? If Jesus is without sin, then why a baptism for forgiveness? If Jesus himself is the resurrection and the life, why a baptism that brings a new life? Anybody ever wonder about this? Well, we're not the only ones. The gospel writers seem to have struggled with this question a bit as well. The baptism of Jesus is one of the key stories that's included in all four of the Gospels, but they tell it a bit different. They focus on different things. For example, Mark and Luke tell it just as a simple eyewitness account and move on. They keep it short. But Matthew, if you read Matthew's version, it's kind of like Matthew says, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. Jesus gets baptized. We've got to take a minute and talk about this. And so in Matthew, we would see this. John would have prevented him, Jesus, saying, I need to be baptized you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. See, Matthew wrestles with this question and and says that Jesus is baptized to fulfill all righteousness, which is a key theme of Jesus' teaching that we're going to see all throughout the Gospel of Matthew. Now, Luther might say that in our connection to Jesus' baptism, we are actually made righteous. But what do we see in John today? Did you catch that in the story, we don't actually get an eyewitness account of Jesus' baptism in John's gospel. No, John's wrestling with the same question so much so that he just takes a full step back and we only hear about it through the testimony of John the Baptist. He's talking about Jesus' baptism and in so doing, he uses words like reveal and testify. You see, in John's gospel, part of the answer to this question is Jesus was baptized so that he would be revealed to the world, that, so that John the Baptist could see Jesus' true identity and testify to this and point others toward him. But one interpretation that all four Gospels seem to hold is this. 
Jesus was baptized because we need to be baptized. In other words, Jesus' baptism is standing in solidarity with sinners, with us. This idea flows all throughout Paul's writings. It's central to Luther's theology that Jesus' baptism is standing in solidarity with sinners. And because of who Jesus is, this idea, it's more than just proximity. It's more than performative or symbolic. Somehow, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in this, Jesus takes on our sinful nature and our mortal nature, and we, in turn, receive forgiveness and life. Jesus stands in solidarity with all those who suffer, with all of those who hurt. Therefore, following Jesus means walking with those with whom Jesus walks. Following Jesus means walking with those with whom Jesus walks. And there's actually a great example of this in the history of our congregation, Good Shepherd, from over 50 years ago. Some of you may know, but many of you may not, that in 1965, Pastor John Walker, he was the first pastor of St. Luke's, the predecessor church that was here. In 1965, Pastor Walker traveled to Selma, Alabama to march with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and all of those other brave men and women who put themselves in harm's way for the rights of others. Now today, we hear this story and we might look back on that with pride and admiration, but at that time, in that place, that was an incredibly controversial move. It was a great risk, which might lead us to ask the question, why would a white pastor from Manchester, Missouri, travel all of that distance and take such a risk? Because Pastor Walker knew what Jesus' baptism meant. That Jesus stands in, so in solidarity with those who suffer. He knew that following Jesus means walking with those with whom Jesus walks. And he knew those words of Dr. King to be so profoundly true that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Which brings us back to our gospel reading this morning. You see, John's account of Jesus' baptism is the only one that also weaves together the call story of the first disciples. Because when we experience what Jesus has done, it's hard for us to stand still. We want to be a part of what Jesus is up to in the world. When we see who Jesus is and what he has done, we want to follow. We want to move. We want to walk with him. And when we do, we quickly realize that walking with Jesus is walking with those with whom he walks. And when we get to start this journey, we find a holy purpose in our lives that we didn't know before. We, we start to realize that we're no longer the same people that we were. And so I want to look at this first conversation we see today between Jesus and these first disciples. Notice what they asked him. It's kind of a weird conversation, isn't it? Uh, Jesus says, what are you looking for? And then how do they respond? They say, where are you staying? It's like they don't answer. It's an interesting choice of words. It's actually quite fascinating because all four of the Gospels tell the story of the baptism and include that part where they saw uh, the, the Spirit descending in bodily form like a dove. All the others stop there. But John, what we heard today, says, and the Spirit remained on him. 
that word remained. It's the same Greek word as stay, and it's, it's in, it's, uh, the word in Greek is meno. And you probably know this Greek word from other places in John's gospel. John uses this word over 40 times in his gospel, which is about five times more than any of the other gospels. It gets translated in different ways. So meno, this Greek word, can mean remain, it can mean abide, it can mean stay, it gets translated as last or endure. Some of the places it shows up later, John chapter 4, when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with him. That's the Greek word, meno, and he stayed there for two days. John 15, Jesus said, abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Later in that chapter, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, that will remain. So this whole opening scene is about the Spirit of God abiding with Jesus, Jesus abiding with us, and the disciples abiding with him. In other words, Jesus standing with us in solidarity with us who are sinners, Jesus standing in solidarity with those who suffer. See, Jesus is present in the suffering of every single one of God's children. And out of his infinite love and compassion, he can do no other but then to come and walk with us. Where have you seen suffering in the world that has stirred your heart, compelled you to action? Maybe you've seen hatred or violence or persecution or oppression that breaks your heart and you long to help. You long to walk with them, even stand in their place if you could. Maybe in the teary eyes of refugee children, their whole world shattered as they try to find a new life. Maybe in the senseless persistence of racism, these imaginary divides that people have created that continue to wound us. Maybe in the tired faces of those who hunger, those who are homeless, or, or stories of ex-convicts trying to, to turn their lives around, but no one will give them a second chance. Following Jesus means walking with those with whom Jesus walks. And when we dare to take that step forward, our lives are forever changed. You see, Andrew left John the Baptist and took that step to follow Jesus, and his life was forever changed. Then his brother Simon Peter followed, and not only did his life change, Jesus gave him a whole new name. And when we feel that pulling on our heart to follow Jesus and to walk with someone with whom Jesus walks, we, we might be afraid to take that first step. From the outside, it may look hard. It may look like giving up so much. It might look like loss. And on the one sense, maybe it is, but in another way, it's gaining everything because our lives take on a holy purpose. It's in those times when I've taken that step, when God has given me an opportunity to stand in solidarity with someone who struggles, that my life has been filled with more purpose and more joy than at any other time which seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? I mean, how can joining in the suffering of others bring joy into the world? It's because when we walk with those with whom Jesus walks, we are abiding with him and he with us. We are branches and we are connected to that vine, the true vine, Jesus, and this 
This is who we were meant to be. This is how we were meant to live. So when that moment comes, when you see Jesus walking along the way, don't hesitate. When you hear him say, come and see, start moving your feet and walking forward in faith. Amen.